Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of Points and Penalties. We want to remind you to please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. My name is Jesse, and with me are my co-hosts, Peter and Kevin. Josh is taking the day off. I would, too, after how badly the Bears got destroyed. Ooh. Ooh. <sighs> but, Kevin, what are you drinking tonight? Well, guys... I'm having myself a really trap trap is triple. A what what and what? <laughs> I believe it is a latrape latrape. I'm hopefully I'm saying this correctly. Latrape trappist triple. It is a uh, another strong beer. Um, it is an eight percent. Jesus. And it's uh, it's doing its justice. I tell you what, Peter, what are you drinking? Thanks, Kev. I'm drinking uh, from Henderson Brewing Company. It's a Rush Canadian Golden Ale. It's a 5.5%. Not nearly as strong as yours, but stronger than your average beer. And it's pretty good so far. This one's nearly fucking gone already, which is unfortunate, but I've got a spare. So that'll get me through, hopefully. Jesse, what are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking another one across the pond. Uh, it's called Hobgoblin. It's the Ruby beer at uh, Witchwood Brewery. And it's a small 4.5% beer. You bitch. <laughs> but again, like the one last week from across the pond, it has a lot of flavor. A little bit different, but I'm starting to enjoy it. I like where your head's at, though. Going Halloweeny. I got a nice, uh, it's probably going to be disgusting, but I've got a pumpkin ale in my fridge just ready for an episode closer to Halloween. Closer to like uh, Thanksgiving or something. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see when that bad boy makes an appearance. Let's see how. Right on. Might be disgusting though. We'll see. Well, in the NFL this week, there was some couple disgusting games, but there was also a really great one from week two. Now, I've been talking up a storm about Lamar Jackson. He had a weak showing uh, week one, but he had quite the game this week against his rival, Patty Mahomes. Now, he's never beaten Patty Mahomes before. This is the first time he won, and they won 36-35. And he did it by using his legs. He ran for 107 yards rushing and two scores, including the winning one where he flipped into the end zone. It was awesome. There's was no a, one around. That, that was a crazy flip, man. I mean, he could have done a better job than that, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, he could have hurt himself too. Like, <laughs> you don't need to be hurting yourself. I know it was the game-winning score, but still. But the real reason they won is because the Ravens' defense decided to show up finally and stripped – uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and it was fumbled right in the range of Kansas City, a game-winning field goal. So I was clutched by the D there for the Ravens. And then with this 100-game uh, rushing attack that he had, it's his ninth career, and that will tie Michael Vick for most 100-yard games for a quarterback in his young, young career. So he's going to probably pass that with flying colors I don't believe he did today. And then another neat stat from 
the Ravens was with their 251 rushing yards. The Ravens have 41 consecutive games with at least 100 yards on the ground. Pittsburgh holds the record at 43 games. I don't see them not passing that as well this year. So there's going to be a lot of a couple of records going to be broken later on for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. We're going to move on to Monday night week two because that was a blowout as well. The first half was actually the Lions were winning 17-14, but the two Aarons just decided to dominate the Lions at the end. AJ, Aaron Jones, caught three of Aaron Rodgers, four touchdown passes, and rushed for a fourth score as well. So he had four TDs on the night. Quite a dominant performance. He actually won me a game in fantasy, which I was super happy about because I was like 37 points out. So it was I was it was a shock for me to get that win because I thought I had lost it at that point. Hey Rod, come through in the clutch for you. It wasn't A-Rod, it was Aaron Jones. Oh, Aaron Jones. With the with, uh, four TDs uh, receiving and rushing totaled. And then on Thursday night for week three, we had the Carolina Panthers who have been playing kind of a weak schedule so far, but they did what they had to do. They came out and dominated. They're 3-0, and and they're actually leading the NFC South division now after my Rams crushed Tom Brady and the Bucks today. And they were just playing David Mills, who was a third-round quarterback. And because they aren't starting Deshaun Watson, he he isn't on any exempt or anything like that because no one knows what the heck is going on with all the civil and criminal trials that are going to be happening, I believe. And NFL has decided to stay clear, and so is the Houston Texans. So this is why Davis was starting was because Tyrod Taylor got hurt last week, and he played like a rookie quarterback against a pretty good D. Another big name that got that happened in this game though was uh, CMC McCaffrey. That hurt his hamstring, and I, and I saw the play. And I'm well known of hamstring injuries, and I saw him when it happened to him. And he had you just saw his mu- muscle tight up, and he didn't fall over, but he he still ran it out, which I was like, holy crap! But he's quite a player. But he he is going to be missing, I think, a couple weeks because I don't know I don't know how big the strain is, but I think he might be missing a couple weeks. It looks like it hurt a lot. Did it like look like yours then? Like did that spider thing up your leg or no? I don't know. I never got to see mine. Oh, well. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> if it was anything like mine, mine was I was down for a while. Like like I think it was like our second last game, and I I ended up playing the next game, week, but I could not run at all. I got uh, some sort of rub of something to like numb everything in my hamstring, but. I was literally jogging on the field, <laughs> but the, I think he might, they might be careful with him because he is their franchise player. And then big news. There's going to be a Monday night game in the playoffs on super wildcard weekend. Now I don't know how this is going to run with uh, short weeks and all because they, the whoever wins on the Monday night will have to probably play on the Sunday just so that everyone gets the same amount of time off. But they'll be how the wild card weekend's gonna super wild card weekend's gonna look like is two 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 games will be on Saturday between at four thirty five and eight fifteen and then three will be on Sunday at one four forty and eight fifteen and then the other one will be the Monday nighter at eight fifteen. So I'm pretty pumped for this. 
because just more football, more time to watch instead of like, I don't mind the seven hours of watching football, but <laughs> I think it's smart too. Cause I think the Monday nighter is, if not the highest, it's one of the highest uh, viewed games of the week. So might as well do it again in the playoffs and you're going to probably get the same, same viewership. No, I would like to sit there and watch the one that Yoshi watches on Mondays where you have the, the Mannings, you know, basically discussing plays and what's going on. I mean, as, as Yoshi says, you do have to focus on the actual game because you're not commentary on it, but it is no. pretty comical. I, I haven't seen, I've just seen some highlights out of, out of it and they're pretty funny. Like Gronk came on, on this Monday night and said like, he doesn't do any film review. He just goes to fucking Brady and say, where do I go? What do I do? <laughs> Which is clearly a joke. He definitely, he definitely like does film review. All right. He's too good not to, not to be doing that, but it, it, there's, there's a lot of jokes on it and I haven't seen it. I've just seen the highlights, but I want to, I want to find, try and find a way to watch it live at least. Right. Yeah. We're all too poor to pay for cable. <laughs> Kev's not. <laughs> No, man, but he gets, he, gets, time, man. he gets a smoking deal. Yeah, I do. That's for shizzle. I definitely do. Yeah, he's got the inside track. And we'll leave it at that. So Jamal Agnew ties the longest return in NFL's history with a 109-yard TD. So this was happened between Arizona and Jacksonville Jaguars. And I the Cardinals were trying to go for, a, I think it was a 68-yard field goal. So that would have been the NFL record, which we'll get into later. But I, I would say that's that's really, really dumb because you could never make it from that far. But apparently you can make it from just a little bit shorter. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? Well, that was the thing was it seemed like a risky thing. Like I would have maybe done it at like the end of the game, but not, not at halftime. That's just, that's just me. Um, but it, you only do it at uh, the end of the game if you actually need that, right? And Matt P- Prater actually held the record for the original or the old NFL longest field goal at 64. And I think he did that with Detroit. But Jason Tucker ends up getting the NFL record with a 66-yard field goal that bounced off the crossbar and over which was wild. And I thought Detroit was going to steal this game away from the Ravens. And they were at like a fourth and like long, I think it was like almost over 20 yards and Detroit gave up a huge pass play. And then they went right to the, well, I think they, they tried to get another play in, but it didn't yield any yards or anything like that. So they went to Jason Tucker and he is one of the. He is probably the best kicker in the NFL right now, and he did miss one earlier today. He had a. I think his. He was on uh, a road record for hitting the most field goals. I think it was like at twenty-seven, and he missed a fifty-three-yard one, and then he ends up hitting a sixty-six one for the game winner. So it's quite impressive. Good on him. Yeah, that's a really, really long field goal. And there was no return because I made it over. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> so let's get into our points and penalties locks of the week here. Peter had locked up Steelers, Bengals, and Steelers have usually owned 
Cincinnati, they're that's in a, your division. That's what I was counting on. I know. <laughs> but uh, that Cincinnati defense is looking pretty good. Yeah. And uh, Burrow decided to show up. He had a bad INT, I saw, but kept throwing to Jamar Chase, who caught two of his three touchdowns, which was pretty awesome. And that was the guy that I told Yosh I think he was going to have a big year this year because he had a lot of drops in the preseason, and he's showing out. So good on him. I had the stupid Seahawks. I, I didn't even want them, but I didn't know who else to choose. I wanted to go with my Rams, which obviously I should have because they fucking dominated them. Really upset. That I, and this is what I get for choosing a divisional rival. Yeah. And against Vikings, who I had picked on the first week, that fucked me too. <laughs> so, yeah. Seahawks get destroyed 30 to 17. Cousins is, is really killing it this year. Throws three TDs. Jefferson, who I think we know is, is one of the best receiver, young receivers happening right now. And he goes over 100 yards with a TD. A guy that has a win, Kev. Yeah. Picked the Raiders over the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, I thought it was going to go the other way because the Dolphins came storming back, I think, down eight. And they got the touchdown and then the two-point conversion to send it to OT. I'm telling you, man, that this, this game was a friggin' nail-biter. I mean, uh, before we started this, I was pacing back and forth to make sure that I was going to be on time, but still watching the football game at the same time. And then I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, all right, we got this in the bag. And then they fucking field goal. I'm like, you kidding yeah, but good win. I'll take it. Yeah, they ended up both uh, exchanging field goals in OT, and then the Raiders drove down and kicked an easy field goal. And if I did have a Raiders jersey or anything Raiders, I'd be fucking wearing it right now. Something tells me you will in the not-too-far future. You're, you're a secret Raiders fan, and then we'll get you a car jersey, and then he'll end up getting traded or some <laughs> shit. Like no, no, no. The only reason, the only, the only way that's going to happen, if if Yoshi buys me a car, a car jersey, then he's probably gone. I mean, yeah. I feel if I buy it myself, I'm okay. Yeah, only if it comes from Josh. That's right. Peyton Barber also had a big game in this with Derek Carr, who, like I said, has been doing really good this year. 381 yards for Derek Carr with two TD passing TDs. And then Peyton Barber, who is back up to Jacobs, went for 111 rushing yards, one TD, and three catches for 31 yards receiving. So th- this, uh, they're at the top of the division. I believe Denver's tied with them as well. And then they got Mahomes is at the bottom of the AFC West in three weeks. I don't think anyone of us would have been guessing that. No. <laughs> they're my fucking, they're my Super Bowl pick. I still believe. I still believe. I mean, yeah, like it was a good game, and that uh, Chargers and LA game was another nail biter. It was some weird clock management I saw at, that happened there, but it was, it was, it was wild. But it was still. I'm glad they got the win, LA, even though they're just the renters. One thing I'd like to throw out there too, though, man, is this: when they were down fourteen nothing with the with the Raiders, when they had that safety, I knew it was going to be a U-turn for Carr to sit there and make that uh, comeback. Good joke, bud. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that brings our total so far. Me and Pete are shitting the bed here at one and two. 
Kevin is at two and one, and Yosh has the Cowboys locked up over the Eagles, and I are playing Monday night. So we'll figure that out next week. And hopefully, I'm not cheering for the Cowboys. Go Eagles. <laughs> so, so Kev, Kev is the solo leader of the uh, locks of the week right now at two and one. Yeah. He can hold it for 24 hours, maybe. <laughs> I am happy with that. Well, you'll still be uh, at top, but yeah. just tied. Yeah, so yeah. you just made to make sure you had to move up top then, right? And you guys can start moving below. Yeah. So any high rollers out there looking to bet, you know, thousands, millions on any games, Cab's got the inside scoop. Apparently. <laughs> as long as cars driving the bus. Hey, uh, I see what you did there. Peter? What's happening on the MLB? Well, I'm glad you asked, Jesse. Starting off, we have Ozzy Albies, uh, the Atlanta Braves second baseman, who becomes the first in franchise history with 30 home runs and 100 RBIs in a single season. So kudos to him. I'm having a great year as a second baseman. He's a great player, and they, with him and Acuna, those guys are going to be – the leaders of that team. The core moving forward. Yeah, because Freddie Freeman's getting up there in age. Yeah. Uh, and Cedric Mullins, the 13th round draft pick from the 2015 draft, was optioned to AA just two seasons ago after hitting 094 in the bigs. That's a no bueno. But is now the only player in Orioles history with 30 home runs and steal 30 bases. That's cool. Yeah, so this guy has made a huge turnaround in his career. Well, he wasn't even supposed to be in, like, 13th round. Like, they, th- those guys are usually typical uh, minor league players. Yeah, he was showing. Just career minor league players. <laughs> yeah, and his, his 094 uh, hitting percentage was showing right where he ought to be. But he turned it around somehow. His uh, stats this season has got a 300 average, which is good for eighth in the American League, and a 906 OPS, good for sixth in the American League. He's, he's pretty good defensively out there in the field, in the outfield. Yeah. So having a hell of a year. No, who else is having a hell of a year, at least right now? The St. Louis Cardinals, who have decided, hey, I want to make the playoffs this year, and just decided to win 16 straight games. Uh, prior to their game today, which is a team record. And they're currently sitting in the number two wildcard spot in the NL, up six games on Philly and Cincinnati. I don't know if you updated that or not, but... That is updated. This this is a great time to have a winning streak. Not like what New York did, where they had 13 way back when. This is a great time to sit there and start getting your your team together and start clicking just at the end uh, end of the season. Well, the Yanks are still beating the Jays. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm with you for sure. You want to like roll into the you want to roll into the postseason hot, but you got to make the postseason. And a game in May counts the exact same as a game in September. But yes, I agree with you. You do definitely want to be firing on all cylinders if you're going to make it to the postseason. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping just to keep seeing them crawl up there because this is this is I just always love just seeing winning streaks. So this is this is neat to see that they're they got a chance to do 17 this week. Yeah, for sure. 
I'll give you the list of the longest regular season winning streaks in September or October, September slash October, September and October, since 1900. Number one is the 1916 Giants with 26. Number two is the 1935 Pirates with 21. And tied for number three is the 1909 Pirates and the 2021 Cardinals with 16. And there's a three-way tie uh, with 15, which is the 17 Indians, the 1977 Royals. That's sorry, I should clarify this. The 2017 Indians, the 1977 Royals, <laughs> and the 1960 Yankees, all with 15. So, like I said, Kev, good time of year to be on a hot streak, especially if you're making the playoffs. Like they look like they're very much poised to lock up that number two wildcard spot. Should I assume they'll mathematically walk that up in the next couple of games, but I don't see any chance of them falling out of that spot anyway. I also don't see any chance of them moving up out of that spot to uh, wild card one. Oh, it's locked the, up. The already. Dodgers are so far ahead. <laughs> so the MLB is going to experiment with pre-sticky balls, pre-tacked balls during AAA games. This is going to take place over the last 10 games or so in the AAA season for select teams. Uh, and the MLB is hoping to allow a stickier ball, which will eliminate the need for pitchers to use illegal substances for those that were anyway, or still are and getting away with it somehow. Uh, but this will hopefully help them with their grip if it works and it'll eliminate the need for them to uh, bring foreign substances out and we can get rid of the stupid checks that happen. Well, they're still gonna, they're probably still gonna happen. Maybe I think this is dumb, but that's yeah, just me. I agree too. This is just the stupidest thing. They yeah. they keep changing the ball every year now to get more home runs, and then this year they changed it to get make pitchers better, and then they got upset with people using illegal substances. Now, just make certain things like sunscreen and rosin. There you go. That's legal, kind of thing like that. But I don't think you should be changing the ball again. I'm I'm so tired of this. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're complaining about with changes, man. Have you ever seen the NHL? <laughs> we'll get into that shortly. Changes. But the you know the NHL is trying to change things that are broken. I'm I'm kind of with Jesse here that the ball is just leave the ball alone and just. <laughs> Just play the game. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I get like they're trying to make it more entertaining, but they they go one way and then they just immediately go the, all, all the way to the other side. Like it's just fucking pick a lane, bud. <laughs> pick a lane. Yeah. Or better yeah, pick a direction. And you can get back and go in one way, pull a U turn, go the other way. And yeah, pull a U turn, go back the same direction. Hopefully, car's not behind that wheel. <laughs> I see what you did there, Kev. Love it. Love it. Okay, there's some young stars making history in the MLB this season. Tatis Jr. and Guerrero Jr. are two players under 22 years of age, and they're the first two ever in the same season to have plus 40-plus uh, home runs in the same year. Vlad at 46 and Tatis at 41 right now. I mean, we talked about these guys all year and how much they've been dominating, so... Yeah. I think everyone knows about how they are, but just another accolade to add to both of them. 
Yep. And you just wait to see how much Blighty gets paid. Hopefully it's as long as Tatis. Hopefully it's not too much more money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find that hard to believe. Just to say. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. But as long as they lock them up long term, that's all I want to see. Like, gonna... Tatis might have more like uh, defensive ability. Div- uh, ability to play than Vladdy, but I I don't know. I I I can, I can see just because of how good he is offensively that they, they might still give him that. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to get paid. Anyway, let's roll into the Blue Jays update since we're talking about Vladdy anyway. Uh, not the best week, especially considering they're chasing that, uh, that final wildcard spot. One and two versus Tampa Bay in that series, and uh, they split the series two and two with Minnesota. So they're currently a game and a half back of wildcard spot number two and one, I guess, because they're tied. Unless uh, that game is going on as we talk. Yankees and Red Sox playing right now? Uh, I thought that game was over. They are, they are tied. Oh, no, it's still going on. Uh, Yankees are up 2-1. In the top, the bottom of the fifth. That's no good. We're hoping the fucking Red Sox win this. Make it easier to catch the Yankees because I think that's our best bet. But anyway, so yeah, not a great week. Uh, this next week is going to be absolutely massive. Uh, we'll get into that uh, in a little bit. But they better win both of these final series, especially against the Yankees and then uh, against the lowly Orioles. Gotta win those games and punch your ticket. Well, yeah, definitely need both those games, and oh, we just need to sweep the Yankees and be done with this. If we sweep them, I think we're we're sitting pretty. Yeah, no, I I'm, I agree. Unless we fucking completely drop the ball against the uh, the Orioles, which shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I agree. If you sweep the Yankees, you're pretty much in. Like we're pretty much already in the playoffs uh, this upcoming series. Yeah, except we we can't lose the series. We have to sweep them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be a playoff atmosphere for sure. So during the Tampa Bay series, there was a incident that happened between Kirk and Kiermaier. Uh, so Monday night, Kiermaier, um, after getting tagged out at home plate, uh, he picked up and he kept a scouting card that fell out of Kirk's back pocket. Uh, after he dropped it at home plate during the play. And Kiermaier picked it up and took it to the dugout. And Fucking cheating. Yeah. I think he gave it to his manager, so he says, whatever. Um, so the Jays were rightfully upset because this card had the entire pitching game plan on it, and Kiermaier's willingness to keep the card uh, did not sit well with the Blue Jays. Uh, you can tell if you watch the video, he saw it after he was tagged out and looked at it, figured out what it was, and scooped it up. It was pretty funny watching that because he was like, he was upset that he got tagged out. And he's like, oh, look what I found. I'll, <laughs> I'll just shut up now and just walk off into the dugout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he gave a little courtesy glance back to Kirk to see if he uh, noticed that he stole his shit. He did not. So this didn't sit well with the Blue Jays. And then, so the next game, or I guess that game went off without any extracurriculars. The next game on Wednesday did not, as Jays reliever Ryan Barucki 
uh, on the first pitch against Kiermaier, hit him square in the back. I'm going to challenge. I was at the same game. It was the exact same day. No, it was the next game. Could have been the next game. I think that's the only reasons why they did it to him was because he stole the shit on that same no. game. No, for sure it was the next game. Jesse, you want to check that? I'm looking, I'm looking. <laughs> okay. So Barucky hit Kiermaier in the back. Uh, benches cleared uh, in what was their last regular season meeting of the year. And so some suspensions were doled out after this. Uh, Charlie Montoya was suspended for one game. Uh, Ryan Barucky was suspended for three games, but he appealed that and it has since been reduced to two. So I'm pretty confident that that was a intentional hit in the back of Kiermaier. We thought the right it was. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you agree. Now, do you think it was the right thing to do? Because he is suspended now for two games and there's only six games left in the season. Uh, in the midst of a very tight playoff race. Is this the right thing to do? It's probably not the right thing to do, but I mean, you got to sit there and it, it, I, I would have done it. Not the right thing to do or not, but I still would have fucking done it. Like, I think I would have too, but I think I would have if it was like a game in in June or July. I don't know if it's the right thing to do in September when you're this close in a playoff race. But I personally probably wouldn't throw it at his back. I'm not saying I would have beamed him in the head, but I'd be definitely going after something that's going to hurt him. You know, knee, wrist, elbow. You know, I mean, the back will, whatever. That's the way most baseball players turn so they get a hit in the back. No, I'd I'd aim for a certain certain area. I know I'd either fuck him up to the point where he can't play, but that's just me. But yeah, I, I would have done it too. I, I would have definitely, you know, I've reduced my uh, my games as well. But it is what it is, and fucker deserved it. Yeah. All right. So I got an update on the challenge. So this happened on Monday night. The where he stole the card. The incident didn't happen until Wednesday. So you're both wrong. Oh, <laughs> but it just definitely didn't happen the same night. That was the challenge. Come on. Yeah, but you said it was the next, the following day. It wasn't the following day game. <laughs> uh-huh. You said it was the following game. It would happen Wednesday. So it, it says here that it went uh, out incident on Tuesday. Interesting. So you're saying it happened Monday. They played again on Tuesday. Nothing happened. Then this happened on Wednesday. Yep. Sorry, so, sorry, sorry, Peter. I mean, I didn't. Minus one to both of you. All right. I mean, I think Jesse's just saying that because he's in first and I'm close. To I him. will. I will definitely <laughs> take a screenshot. Screenshot that. So I believe you. I believe you. I'm just saying. Kept challenge that it happened the same game. That was a challenge. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I have the right night though. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fine. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I definitely think that this, this was on purpose. And I don't know, like, like now that we know that it's a game in between, it seems weird that this even happened, especially in the playoff atmosphere. And I, I wouldn't have done it, but that's just me. Come on, <laughs> man. You got to have poise. It's almost a poise uh, postseason. You can't be 
making mistakes like that. The only mistake he did is he didn't hurt him hard enough, man. That's all. <laughs> I love the old school out of Kev. Love it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. All right. So if they're going to make postseason, they're definitely going to need some more uh, good performances out of this guy, Marcus Semyon, who on Saturday night hit his 43rd home run of the year, tying the all-time mark for home runs by a second baseman in MLB history. Yeah, we talked about this, and I think we all said that he would, he could get there. I wanted it to happen when we played, or when we not when we played, but we went to go see the game on Sunday. But it's already, he's gonna probably pass it before then. Yeah, most likely the, the way he's hitting, at least. Yeah. So he's at forty-three. He ties uh, Davy Johnson, who had forty-three back in nineteen seventy-three. Yeah. And he passed Roger Hornsby. Kev, you might remember him. He played back in 1922 and got 42 home runs. Now, he was interviewed after the game where he hit 43. And uh, he was, I guess, made aware that he got the record for the most home runs by a second baseman. And he commented at the time that he considers himself still to be a shortstop, not a second baseman. So it'll be interesting come the offseason to see how that, uh, if he is set on being a shortstop again and if that might signal his uh, departure from the Blue Jays. But we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe he's content playing second base and lighten it up. I would be. I know. He's destroying it. Why <laughs> would you want to stay with a, an up-and-coming team like the Jays? Yeah, exactly. Right. Where yeah. you're break, breaking records as a second baseman. Do you really want to be a shortstop that bad? I don't think there's any appetite to switch him in both. I guess we'll see how the offseason shakes out. So another Jay, who is a superstar, but it's slowed down just a little bit in the past couple of games anyway, Vladdy Guerrero and the Triple Crown Watch. Uh, so he is currently third in average at 315 uh, behind Trey Turner and Juan Soto, who are tied for uh, first at 322. He is first in home runs, but tied with Salvador Perez at 46. And he is seventh in ribbies at 105. Perez is leading that as well at 115. So I think if he does turn it on and uh, make some magic happen here at the end of the year, I think the ribbies are still potentially what's going to keep him back from winning the Triple Crown. Yeah, he's a little bit too far back in those, I think. Yeah. Unless he just goes fucking full monster the next six games and does some serious damage, but that's unlikely. Yeah, he's he's down ten. He's down uh, 10. Perez. Yeah. So and so. Perez Perez is not slowing down either. No. <laughs> so I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, so like we said, this upcoming week is huge. Three games versus the Yankees that are the biggest series of the year. Like you said, Jesse, this is pretty much the playoffs this series. And another three against the Baltimore Orioles to close out the year. And for all you fans out there, keep an eye out on the final game of the year against Baltimore on October the 3rd because the points and penalties crew will be in the stands. Yeah. Right, down, right down the first baseline, right near the outfield there and on the first base side. It's going to be a good time. Sure. I will not bring my glove. If you do, we're going to throw it in the garbage for you. 
Then I'll bring the wife's glove. He he won't be able to catch it anyways. <laughs> no. No. I'll take my glasses off first so I don't break them. Yeah. I think there might be netting there anyway, but whatever. We'll see. I mean, I'll catch it on the net. I'll cut myself through it. <laughs> okay. I believe it. And so, previously mentioned, leading the league in home runs and in ribbies. It's going to come up one more time in just a moment. So this week's points and penalties MVP, as previously mentioned, is Salvador Perez. So the Kansas City Royals catcher made history by hitting the most home runs in a season ever by a catcher. But Perez, number one on that list with 46, passes Johnny Bench at 45, who made hit that mark in 1970. And number three is Javi Perez with 43 in 2003. So Perez currently tied with Vladdy Guerrero for first in league in home runs, but Vladdy's not a catcher, and Perez is. So for setting that record for the most ever by a catcher, cheers to you, Salvador. Salud. Cheers, boy. Yeah, cheers. Congratulations to Perez. Probably the only thing good thing on KC right now. So hopefully next year they can come back and be decent and Perez can continue his dominance. For sure. So, Kev, why don't you take us through what's going on in the uh, NBA? As uh, we get into our uh, vid notice, as as you guys don't know, it is the the COVID vaccinations. NBA says that 90% of players will be fully vaccinated ahead of training camp next week. And then we have uh, Andrew Wiggins, Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. The NBA has denied Wiggins religious exemption from COVID-19 vaccinations. And he will not be able to play in home games until he fulfills San Francisco's vaccination requirements. That's pretty shitty. I mean, just just get her done, bud. Yeah. You can't, even if you come back to, well, maybe he doesn't want to come back to Canada, but he comes back, he, it's the same stuff that's going to be happening in T.O. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Even 90% is not that big of a number. No, but it's, I believe in... San Francisco, every every player has to be vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, I think we talked about this before, and it's like the the away teams can play if they're unvaccinated, but if you're the home team, you can't because that's your place of business and you're not really. Home. Yeah, something like that. Hmm. I okay, that's that's crazy because I didn't think that that would be a a thing really because it's 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 like, it's like a. Because it's their district, right? Like San Francisco's district, that they they like even the fans have to be vaccinated. Yeah, and maybe maybe it's not that for San Francisco. I think it was New York that we were talking about had that, but maybe it was San Francisco also. Yeah, a lot of I think Los Angeles is doing the same thing. So it's like it's a bunch of California uh, teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, just get vaccinated, boys. Yeah, no doubt. Like, I think, uh, Jesse, we talked about this before. The NFL's at a pretty high percentage now, I think. Yeah, I I can't remember what it was at, but it was nearly – it was over 90% of the players, I believe, that was vaccinated. And then there's also, like, Kev is very proud of Hotlanta for being yeah, vaccinated. The first. <laughs> the first team. 
and getting their first W today. That was pretty shocking. They lost the Giants, or they beat the Giants, which I didn't think was going to happen. Yeah, right on. And the NHL has got like 15 players or something that's not fully vaccinated by the time the season starts. So they're at like 98%. I'm not sure where MLB is at. But yeah, just get the vax, boys. Carry on with life. Yeah, but the MLB, you can be like more distant for the most part. Yeah. But you're still going to be batting with the catcher and on base and getting tagged. And And in the dugout. For sure, in the dugout, yeah. Anyway, we have our 20... 21, 22 ESPN player rankings. And now it shows that we have Kevin Durant with the Nets is holding number one spot. And then we have uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is with the Bucks, which is holding the second spot. We have the Brit uh, LeBron, the bitch James holding on the third. <laughs> the Brit LeBron. We have LeBron, the bitch James holding go. on the third spot. We have Luca. Doncic with the Mavericks. Uh, we have Stefan Curry with the Warriors. We have Nikola Jokic. 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 Thank you. The, the Nuggets. MVP. And we have Joel Embiid, 76ers. Damian Lillard from the Trailblazers. Anthony Davis from the Lakers. And James Harden from the Nets. Now, with these 10 that we've been, that I've kind of somewhat spit it out, do you guys agree with this list? Uh, or would you swap some of them out with, would they say swap Doncic with uh, Curry or even put like a Kawhi, a healthy Kawhi in this top 10? What do you guys think? For me, I don't think Doncic, you're saying Doncic goes down from four to five and Curry goes up from five to four. I think it's, I think Doncic should go up from four to three. Maybe that's a bit of a hot take, but I think Doncic is better than James today. Yeah, I don't think I think Bitch should definitely drop down some. I wouldn't put him there. I mean, I even with a, a unhealthy Kawhi, I would put him above, above Bitch. Bitch James, <laughs> you're just you're just a hater. <laughs> uh, I would I think Giannis should be on top. Play the truth, but that's just me. I think Kevin Durant is awesome and everything like that, but I think Giannis should be on top. And I think Jokic should be up higher, maybe above LeBron. And then, yeah, I'd be okay with Luka switching with LeBron. But it's I, – I, that's me because I, I want to see the MVP, should be, I think, should be up there, a little bit further up there at least. Yeah, sure. So would you put Jokic above Doncic or no? Yeah. Yeah, I'd put him right – I'd slot him right up there at number three and then put uh, Doncic uh, at number four – leave him at number four and then Bitch at five. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I also think Lillard should be like I don't know. He's a great player, but he doesn't have a lot of talent around him. Yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of with you there too. I think Lillard should be a bit higher on this list, and with you, Kev, that uh, Kawhi should probably make that too. Yeah, like I said, even with a bum knee or not, man. I mean, the guy's a great player. He is, but he gets hurt all the time. I guess you could say about Durant. That's where load management comes in. (laughs) <laughs> then you got yourself a nice championship. <laughs> We're going to go into this uh, Ben Simmons. I'm not sure if you guys have heard or have been uh, watching what's been going on with this guy. But uh, his players wanted to meet up with him in L.A. Uh, this week to basically talk about himself 
um, possibly staying as a was it the 76ers? Yeah, because he's asked for a trade out of the 76ers. Yeah. So basically, I mean, he didn't say this, but I will. He just basically went off and said, fuck you all and die. You know, <laughs> I, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Does he, anyone understand why? I didn't really get into that all that. All I know is that he's just very unhappy with them right now, and he definitely wants out. Like the 76ers are a good team right now. Like I, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't understand the why he w- doesn't want to stay on that team. Yeah, I don't know if it's just a personal thing, a beef with somebody, or he doesn't right. personalities don't mesh or what. But I think it's Embiid. He doesn't get along with Embiid. That's just me. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. the better player, right? So, yeah, maybe too much ego. That maybe. Who would pick him up? A lot of teams, I think. I think Toronto. Maybe. Would he fit in Toronto? We'll make room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like he's like he's he's still a top of the line point guard in this league. Maybe not right at the top, but he's you know he's a player you want to have on your team. At least I would. I think we've talked about this briefly before, and too bad Josh is near, but I think he didn't like him very much. But no, he does not like him. I don't think. Yeah, but I'd take Simmons on my team. I mean, he still has four years on his contract, too. Now he still has $147 million with that coming that, so that's still <laughs> a lot of moolah to pay out. But I don't know. Like, a team like Toronto could definitely use him, but I don't think he will want to go there. <laughs> Unless he has, like, I don't know if he has it or not, but if a no-trade clause and he can waive it if he goes yeah. to a team he wants to go to. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. So, Pedro. What's happening in the NHL here, sir? Well, Kev, I'm glad you asked because the preseason has started. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And the Leafs are undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> After a dominant. We're talking victory, about practice. Dominating victory <laughs> over the Habs. I don't care what you guys say. We're planning the parade. Championship coming. Not this year. <laughs> At least someone's level-headed. Undefeated in practice. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm just happy that Johnny T actually sat there and wanted to play that game just to kind of give himself that saying, I'm okay, guys. You can't, you're not going to fucking hurt me again. I kind of like that. I mean, he shouldn't have. Really, I don't think the captain should have been playing in like this first game, but good for you, Johnny T. That's what I got to say. Yeah. I mean, the NHL is not quite like the NFL where all the players pretty much play in the preseason. They just don't do the full – line up right away because the the injury risk is not as severe in an NHL game as it is in an NFL game. Are you saying it's less physical? <laughs> oh my well, we're gonna God. start that conversation again, all right? <laughs> uh, I'm just poking the bear. Grr. <laughs> anyway, let's just move on from that. But we are planning the parade. <laughs> You are. I'm not. <laughs> so the NHL anticipates that 30 of its 32 arenas will open at 100% capacity for the start of the 21-22 season. The only outliers being the Montreal Canadiens, who are expected to open at one-third capacity, and the Vancouver Canucks, who are expected to open at half capacity or 50%. That's pretty good for Toronto figuring that shit out. 
Yeah, so the Leafs, they so the preseason games are only at fifty percent capacity right now. So so what? It's just it's just preseason. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but the expectation is that they'll be at one hundred percent by the start of the regular season. I don't know if they have full approval for that yet or not, but that's the expectation. I think you just got to give them um, give them your vid code that you've actually been vaxxed twice for you to be able to get in. That's the rules in Ontario now, anyway. It's to get into an indoor event with more than whatever the number is, more than a lot of people. You have to be fully vaccinated and you have to show your your receipts. So I think that's contributing a lot to this decision, but it's good to see. I'm glad it's at 100% and I hope to make it just a few of the games. Yep. So the Washington Capitals become the first NHL team to sell advertising on jerseys. Ad that they have sold is to Caesars Sportsbook. So it's a multi-year partnership with Caesars Entertainment. It will be on the Capitals' home and third jerseys beginning in the 22-23 season. And the Capitals are believed to be the first franchise in the Big Four North American Sports Leagues to sell a jersey sponsorship to a gambling venture. So this has happened in the MLS, and this has been happening overseas in soccer or football, if you will. The foosball. And as North America moves into uh, sort of into this market of gambling advertising, UK is going the complete opposite direction because in the UK, a review of gambling laws by the UK Gambling Commission is expected to be released later this year. And it's expected to include a ban on gambling ads on jerseys. Now, is this just to like curb the gambling addiction or? Probably. Like it's probably something like they're doing a study in the UK and they're finding that there's lots of issues around gambling that's happening. So they're trying to take measures to reduce that problem, I guess. And sounds like this is going to be one of them. So as North America is sort of steering into this gambling companies and, and uh, advertising for them, the UK is going the other way and trying to pull out of it. That's a little bit interesting to see. I don't really have a problem with it at this point in, in the NHL or in the other leagues. Well, it's, it's, I think like, like I was saying, it has something to do with the gambling's addict, but these are businesses, right? So you're going to shun some, a business because there's an addiction behind it. That'd be like the pharmaceutical business kind of thing like that. They they can't advertise as well. Let's leave it to the legislators to, to figure out how to properly protect the population from gambling addictions or whatever. If a company that's a properly legally operating company wants to advertise, let them. I know you're, you're, you're kind of taking a bit of freedom away from them more or less. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like if people want to gamble, now is the time to do it. So it's not, there's not advertising. I don't know if it's going to like, it, it'll, you're probably right. It will like increase sales, but it, I think everyone knows it, or should know the dangers behind it by now and be vigilant vil- of every family member or friend that's overdoing it on that. Well, there's one person I know that is actually doing that right now, but we won't say his name because we're probably going to get into him a little later. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, as long as it's legal to have a gambling company, it should be no problem having them putting advertisements on jerseys. That's my opinion. So moving on from that, this season in the NHL, there will be a crackdown on cross-checking. Cab is shaking his head already. He loves the cross-checking. He loves seeing someone get knocked, their teeth knocked out in the corner. Oh, yeah. You're a dirty player, bud. When I played hockey, man, when I went to do a check, I would take the nub of my stick and I'd fucking jab it right into the guy's little <laughs> rib. 
every single fucking time. <laughs> Thank you for proving me right <laughs> that you are a dirt. That's hilarious. Yeah, I love it. So the league has done this a couple times before. Previously, they did it for face-off violations, interference, and slashing. And so this year, they're doing cross-checking, which Kev, you might not agree with, but I do, because cross-checking is getting a little bit out of hand, especially when we're getting to the playoffs. It's it's not that, I mean, okay, you know, there are some vicious cross-checks going into a corner. Get it. But my big, huge thing is about this is, like, why is it always the NHL always has to sit there and make different changes to their game? I mean, if you go back to where it all began, man, and you look at the rules and then you go into now, OMG, shit has changed. And Jesse's talking about a fucking size of a baseball. Not the size, what? just how thick it is. <laughs> Whatever, man. It's just, it's hockey to me has been changing the rules every fucking year. I mean, like they had the blue paint rule. Your skate can't be in the blue paint. Oh, now it's, it's just. There's too many fucking rule changes that goes on in hockey, and ah, it just I'm about to do this with them, man. It's just, oh, my God. You do realize that they're changing the rules to get new people into the sport, right? Okay, so what are we going to do? No, no more they don't, body they don't checking? Want, they don't want... No body want, checking no more? Body checking's fine. Just do it oh, legally. Is it? It, it? Will it be? Don't be throwing your, the nub of your stick into people's <laughs> ribs. That's me when I played hockey. I'm not an NHLer. <laughs> you think you're but... the only one? <laughs> <laughs> so... So just to clarify, this is not actually any change to the rules at all. It's just they are going to crack down on the enforcement because cross-checking, they just... The rule is written in the fucking rule book that says you are not allowed to take your stick in both hands and cross-check someone. That's a penalty. That's a penalty there, Kev. That's Body checking is where you throw the body in the body. It's not the same thing. Hey, man, I remember once before you can be able to take your stick and put it into the, the defender's hip to pull him back towards you to catch up to him. That's cheating now. Now? Yeah. Because yeah. they change the fucking rules. Yeah, because they make it better. Make the sport better. Right. Yeah, let's just take out fucking hitting and for crying out loud. <laughs> so it, let's, just go, let's just put it the ring at how we just do that. Kev, you're going from zero to 60 real fast here. <laughs> zero to a hundred bud zero to a hundred and it's funny that you're saying about all these rule changes like there's rule changes in every sport and mlb just not as much as hockey not as much as plenty and plenty in nfl plenty plenty in nba there's there's been just as much bah. Bah. <laughs> it's, you're, it's just the only sport that you watch on a consistent basis so it's recency bias. Hey man, I'll give the I'll give the thumbs up that no one else will ever see ever again. There you go. Uh, we're all boned up. I love it. So on the crackdown on cross checking, they're going to focus on three main areas uh, where there's going to be more enforcement. Number one is around the boards, cross checks being delivered to a player during battles for the puck in the corner, as well as cross checking from behind that knocks down a player along the boards. Basically. A tap by a defender will be fine, but if he starts acting like an amateur chiropractor, it's a penalty. <laughs> and Snap, crackle, and pops. Kudos to somebody I stole that joke straight from ESPN. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Number two is open ice. Players are allowed to use their sticks to push or guide a player defensively, but when it, that push involves excessive force, that's going to be a penalty. Cat's shaking his head again. And number three, the net front, 
the league wants to crack down on cross checks from defensive players from the dot down to the crease, sending opponents to the ice while there's a shot coming from the point. So this one actually makes a ton of sense because there have been quite a few injuries that have happened like this where someone gets cross-checked from behind and then they have no control and there's a slap shot coming at their face and they have no action other than to take a puck off the face. And that's no good. But that happens in hockey a lot. It has happened a few times. How many times do you sit there and see uh, an NFL or lose teeth and and keeps on playing? Well, they wear mouth guards. Well, all right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so do NHL players, but... I'm not going to dive into this one. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that. I'm just saying hockey players are fucking tough players is what I'm getting at, man. I never said that, that they weren't. Yeah, that's what just <laughs> Let's move on to a player who is has, has been injured. Kev steamed up again. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this is going to get me right. Uh, you, you think I was red in the face before? Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, I love it. So let's talk about Jack Eichel. He has failed his physical, as was expected. And he has been stripped of his captaincy. Bullshit. <laughs> so here's a quote from the uh, GM of the Sabres, Kevin Adams. He says, I spoke to Jack two days ago. I spoke to the team yesterday and addressed this. Jack Eichel is no longer the captain of the Buffalo Sabres. From our perspective, the captain is your heartbeat of your team. We are in a situation where we felt we needed to make that decision. Fuck you, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, this guy has been trying to have his neck fixed for the longest time where the the NHL Sabres will not allow him to go through the surgery that he would like to have done. He doesn't want his neck used. This guy definitely wants to have that um, new surgery where he's actually putting discs back into his neck so he can have full movement of his neck. That's right. He wants a disc replacement, which is not a new surgery. It's, It's common enough, but it's just never been done on a active NHL player. Right. And for them to not allow this guy to have what surgery that he wants to have done so he can basically have a full natural movement of his neck, then having what the Sabres want would defuse it. I don't know, man. I think you should just sit Eichel, just sit there and part ways, do what you need to do to your neck, get back into the NHL, and someone will definitely pick you up and you will be – an absolute help for whatever team that you go to. Yeah, he's a superstar for sure. And I just love that uh, Adam said that the captain is your heartbeat. And instead of going with something like, your captain needs to stick his neck out for the team every now and then. (laughs) 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 Good Good one. Good Good choice of words, because that one might not have landed so well. (laughs) Let's move on to Evander Kane. So Evander Kane. Now this is why you don't put gambling shit on fucking people's jerseys, because then he'll know where else he can go do it. Yeah. There's also something called Google. In uh, in retrospect, if I was smart, I would put Evander Kane right after we talked about gambling with Washington. But I'm not that smart, so so be it. Uh, so Evander Kane has been found. He's been cleared. There was no evidence found that he bet on any NHL games or threw any NHL games. And the league considers this specific matter to be closed. So he's clear on that one. I was just going to say, so Josh was right in saying that he was, is all alleged. Yeah. And I, Kev was on the board saying like, he's no, guilty. he legit said he he's guilty. People. 
And he's I, gambling on hockey games, but he just didn't get caught him or gambling on his own games. Like no, 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 no. You can't gamble on any hockey games. If you're a player in the NHL, you cannot gamble on an NHL game. Them's the rules. And I was saying when there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire. So oh, good, good on Yosh for figuring, not uh, jumping to conclusions like me and Kevin. Yeah, now the smoke is all coming from his disgruntled ex-wife. That's or right. I guess current wife, so he's not properly divorced yet. Divorce is going to happen is what I've heard yeah. too. So he's cleared of those charges, but he's still not welcome to the San Jose Sharks camp because there are other charges ongoing with respect to his wife. So as far as I understand, they are allegations of domestic violence and sexual assault while they were married. I guess, again, they're still married, but they're working on getting divorced, I think. Probably separated. Yeah, they're separated. And she was the one that was spewing the, he gambled in through games. Shaving points. (laughs) Shaving points, that's right. (laughs) Shaving points on a hockey game. Longest yard style. So yeah, Evander Kane. He's. We'll see how this whole saga shakes out, but he's still not welcome to training camp, and I don't know if he will be anytime soon. It's unfortunate. Yeah, he is a good player, and he's he filed for bankruptcy, I think, sometime in recently in the past, and he makes seven million a season. So I don't know how this all works out. To uh, if he still gets paid that money, if he's. Not He's to giving play it back or... to the, with the the bookies that he owes, or what? <laughs> yeah. I would think that they would still have to pay him. I don't know. If they, even if they said that you can't, they they don't want you to come to the preseason or whatever, they would still have to pay him. If he's able to play, then you have to still pay him. I think you're probably right, but there, his contract might have a clause, or all the contracts might have a clause that if you're being investigated or if you're alleged of doing fucking something then payments might stop i don't know no need to speculate on to what that situation is i'm sure we'll find out more in the coming weeks so to close out the nhl there's a few recent signings that happened nolan patrick signs in vegas for two years for 1.2 million he was the second overall pick in the 2017 draft philly who's recently moved to vegas uh, over this past offseason robert thomas Signed in St. Louis, two years at $2.8 million per. He's the 20th overall in that same draft, but he has produced more than Patrick has and in less games, uh, so he got paid quite a bit more money, although still on a short-term deal. Patrick definitely still has that top three potential, but he hasn't put it all together yet. Elvis Merzlikens, the Columbus Blue Jackets goalie, signs himself a nice long-term extension, five years at $5.4 million per. So that will solidify the Columbus goaltending situation, at least it should, for the next five years. And Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov in Minnesota signs a five-year, $9 million deal. Holy moly. Yeah. Now, this deal is uh, it's salary light during the big hits of the Suter and Parise buyouts, which is, I think, three and four years from now, where they both have uh, a cap hit or a cap hit and a payout of something like seven and a half million each, which is a huge drain on the Wilds cap. So they sort of form this deal around that, knowing that that's going to happen. But still, five years and nine million is a lot of money for Kirill Kaprizov. Now, he is a very good player, and it's absolutely the right thing to lock him up, even if it is a bit of an overpayment. But that's a lot of for sure. 
Rasmus Dahlin signs in Buffalo, the former uh, first overall pick. Signs a three-year times uh, six million per extension. So he's getting paid. It's good to see because he's uh, wasting away in Buffalo where nobody wants to be. So might as well get paid if you got to be there. And Cal Peterson, the goaltender in L.A., signs a three-year, five million per deal. So L.A. gets their number one goalie locked up for three years. That's all I have for the NHL. Kev, what is going on in the crappy football league? We're going to get into that CFL, as you mentioned, Pedro, the crappy football league. We have the uh, Hamilton Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Ottawa. Now, Ottawa is definitely uh, a troubled team. Without an experienced quarterback, short on talent, experience, playing poor football in front of mostly empty seats, which is a shame. There is nothing inspiring about Ottawa right now. Lost to Hamilton Wednesday night. Hamilton's third-string quarterback, David Watford, picked up his second straight win in a rain-filled night to beat the to beat Ottawa twenty-four to seven. Like third, third string third quarterback, string quarterback. Goes out there and kicks your arse. Mm-hmm. Not so well, Ottawa. Ottawa struggled to stay in the league too before, so <laughs> they did. That's Might they be do. heading back there. <laughs> yep. And just then we want, have. Just want to throw it out there. Tim Tebow, Cam Newton, any availability? No? no. They will definitely. I mean, eventually, if they don't go anywhere in the uh, in the no fun league, just well. kidding. <laughs> they might actually make the uh, crappy football league if they really wanted to. I'm sure they can. I mean, oh, I believe they would be, definitely honestly, make I, it. I believe before <laughs> that the actual Montreal Alouettes do actually hold Tebow if he were to ever to come to this, the crappy football league. Uh, they own his rights? Yes. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, but yes. As what? It's, as a tight end or a quarterback? <laughs> as, a, as, as a QB. As a QB. Cam Newton it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, we have the uh, Montreal Alouettes and the Toronto uh, Margonauts. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson through two touchdown passes as this short-handed Toronto Argonauts beat the Montreal Alouettes 30-27 to on Friday. Saskatchewan and BC, a last-minute touchdown by quarterback Cody Fajardo gave the Saskatchewan Rough Riders a 31-24 road victory over the BC Lions on Friday. So we have in the East, we have Hamilton and Toronto that are on top with a four and three record, which gives them what, Jesse? Eight points each. Sure. It's just good to see that someone in the East actually has a winning record. <laughs> two of them. <laughs> and then we have Montreal in second with a two and four record, which gives them four points. And then you have the bottom dweller, Ottawa Red Blacks, with a one and five record, which gives them a measly two points. Must have got that win early on if they lost to a third stringer. <laughs> right. <laughs> now here's Jesse's favorite, the West. And we do have Winnipeg Blue Bombers is still on top of the six and one record, which gives them a 12 points. Saskatchewan is in second with a five and two record, which gives them 10 points. BC in third with a four and three, which gives them eight points. And then you have the bottom dwellers with the Edmonton Elks with a two and four record 
and the Calgary Stampeders with the two and five records, which gives them four points each. Now I'm assuming the reasons why the record with the uh, Edmonton is because they had a bye. And if I go into our Ryder Cup, sorry, go ahead, Jess. What? No, nothing. I, thought I, you were say something. I was just going to say that it's at least they got a half a game on them. <laughs> going go baseball standards. Points, man. <laughs> so going into our Ryder Cup, I mean, today was the last round where they actually went to um, individuals, like player on player. Um, USA does win with uh, 19 to the uh, nine of the uh, Europeans. Now we uh, show that there are some pretty decent players here that uh, did end up winning. I'll just go just from Justin Thomas and uh, Thyrell Halton. Um, Justin beat them four and three. Finau beat uh, Holter three and two. Kepka beat Wessenberg two and one. Johnson was one up on Casey, Paul Casey. Uh, and then we had a couple of halves. There is a have with um, Markawa and uh, Hovland. So they just basically didn't do shit. And Spieth and uh, Fleetwood also had halves. But all in all, USA did uh, ended up beating them 19 to 9. And then we're going to go into my favorite, the MMA, which the UFC actually had their uh, big uh, 266. Alexander Volkanovsky successfully defeated his US, or sorry, defended his UFC featherweight title following a thriller or thrilling bout that ended in a unanimous decision win over Brian Ortega. Now, I don't like decisions. I still think that it has to be either a submission or a night-night to win these things. Go to, to, go to like uh, a sudden death. Give it another three minutes and see what happens. And then we have um, Valentina Shavkovko. Shevchenko. There we go. Thanks, Pedro. <laughs> Produced another one-sided or one-side featherweight title defense as she beat Lauren Murphy. Thank you, Lauren, for having an actual name I can pronounce. <laughs> fucking UFC or MMA. Love you. What's wrong with Shevchenko? <laughs> hey, man. You get a few of these uh, beers in you with the 8% and then some. Are you listening to the fights on mute or? Sometimes. <laughs> and, don't, like to, don't like to hear Joe Rogan? No. <laughs> I just like to I laugh because I look at his red eyes just as much as mine are right now. But again, Murphy in the fourth round finished at the uh, UFC 266 coming event. So uh, at Shevchenko ended up. Shevchenko. Yeah. Now here's a big one. Now I know Nate. Is a I would say a better fighter than Nick, but Nick took some time off and is looking after a 17-year wait. Robbie Lauer, Robbie Lauer gets his revenge as he dropped Nick Diaz 44 seconds into the third round, and Nick Diaz looked like a fighter that has not fought in six years as he lost to Robbie Lauer in, in their much-anticipated match. 
Now, Nick, on that time, man, took a knee and didn't want to do anything afterwards. So the fight was called. Pussy. Bet. <laughs> yep. Now, here's uh, what I like to put in there because there, there isn't actually uh, an MMA uh, or UFC Hall of Fame, let's say. Legendary Canadian MMA no. fighter George St. Pierre reflects on his career after being enshrined into the UFC Hall of Fame. Now, this is a funny thing about George St. Pierre. This guy never likes to fight. He said so, I don't know how many times as uh, that I've watched on uh, documentaries or about himself that he's never been a like to fight, but he does it because it's money. It's his career. It's just, you know, kind of strange that a guy does not like to fight, but his career's in fighting. Yeah. He, he was more of a wrestler, wasn't he? I don't know if he actually won anything with wrestling. Well, I, I don't know either, but I think he was more of a uh, wrestler and then he got into the sport because and no one could take him down because he would just reverse everything. I just think that he was bullied too much. And the only way to fight a bully is what, guys? Bully the fuck back. <laughs> I just know that it's uh, it's not something that you'd ever hear someone like uh, Conor McGregor or someone like that kind of say. Like no. you could tell that someone like that is just loves to fight. Yeah, yeah, that's just the Irish. But unlike Conor McGregor, Pierre continued to win. He left, came back, and won still. Yes, yep, he has, and that's Conor. But you know, I don't think he's going to be doing it that much longer. Not he's no. getting too old. Well, t- tell us what he's doing right now. <laughs> sure can. I got that. I got that mofo in my penalty box. If we're going to get into that right now, I have Conor McGregor as uh, throwing out the first pitch. <laughs> Did you guys seen this? Oh, yeah. Please tell me you've seen the Conor McGregor first pitch. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> so McGregor posted uh, a lengthy message on his Instagram Wednesday to address a slew of memes. Conor McGregor was the first to admit that his accuracy was a little off. A little, <laughs> but that's just beyond a little. When he threw out the ceremonial first pitch at the Chicago Cubs game Tuesday night, should have gotten him. I, I think they should have gotten him to sing the seventh inning stretch and take to take notes of the ball game instead. But he might have fucked that up worse. You never know. Yeah. But the two-time UFC championship is firing back at critics who have been comparing the throw to rapper 50 cents. Now, have you all seen his throw? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you would think that the, uh, the uh, you would think that an athlete or any kind of athlete would be able to throw a baseball. I mean, you're an athlete. I mean, come on, but no, could not. He doesn't have the coordination in my mind. Now, speaking of athletes that have thrown first pitches, I have a few that, I, that I've looked at. Michael Jordan played baseball. He actually uh, batted a 202, or sorry, 202 batting average in 1994. And his first pitch was god awful. The guy's a fucking baseball player as well. Nolan Ryan, which has 12 
thrown no-nos in his career. His first pitch was fucking god-awful. It was like nowhere near the home plate. He never got to and, warm up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's too much pressure, man. Too much <laughs> pressure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but the, and then obviously, you know, you got 50 cents. So there's been a few, there's been, you know, some pretty comical ones, but McGregor and you're in my box, learn how to throw a ball. You're an athlete. Should be able to. Did you hear that he was blaming it on his leg? Cause he broke his leg. In his July. ankle? Do you remember this? I remember showing you guys that snapshot. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, man. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> Said he said, I'm on the one leg. You can see me based fully on the left leg that was just recently injured. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with, and I think that's supposed to be about the pitch. Of course. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't fucking be. Uh, I was watching it again. I, like, I don't know if he did it on purpose, but man, it, it, this thing was fucking gone. Oh, but he did now, not do that on purpose. Now he did it from the mound too. Like not yeah. a lot of uh, first pitches are from the mound, but he did it from the mound. But and obviously he should have taken a couple steps forward. Oh, for sure, he should have been on the grass. <laughs> he should have been on the grass for sure. But Jesse, who do you have in your box there, bud? So I got the coach of the Bears, Matt Nagy. Uh, he's in my box this week because he, they absolutely sucked today. They were outgained by the Browns 418 yards to 47. Wow. In total yards, which was just terrible. And with it being that it was only 47 yards, most of that was rushing. They only netted one net passing yards. You're de- <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty bad like you could put in like a the wide receiver from denver last year and he could have done better at that point (laughs) he was their emergency quarterback when covid cases came down in denver uh but yeah so so i think i I think we found the real reason why josh is not on the show today (laughs) yeah he's he's crying got it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so Fields, the first over, or not the first, the, the, I can't remember what, what pick he was, but he was a first round pick for the Chicago Bears, their rookie quarterback, was started, and his offensive line was terrible. The rookie got sacked nine times, <laughs> and then f- four and a half of them were by Miles Garrett, who looking like a defensive player of the year at this point. He's uh, looked pretty good off the edge, but Nagy couldn't get anything going against the Browns' defense, which isn't really that good. But clearly, it looked they make the Chicago makes the Browns' defense look unstoppable. So yeah, Fields' head was spinning early. The Bears ran just 16 plays in the first half and netted 41 yards. So in the second half, they really shit the bed because <laughs> they only got seven more yards. Oh, the first was a good half. <laughs> <laughs> and they only did it in in 16 plays. And then there was a stat out there that Yosh had sent. It is the w- second worst mark 
this century in the NFL for yards per play. And I think it said 1.1. 1. 1. Ouch. <laughs> so, Josh, I think Andy Dalton's not looking too bad there. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know who else to blame. Like, I don't think Fields is that bad of a quarterback. And this is really Nagy's last chance to right the ship there in Chicago. So that's why he's in my penalty box. Yeah. Peter, what else is going on in the NFL? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my penalty box is Cowboys right tackle Lel Collins. Uh, for attempting to bribe an NFL drug test collector. So this is somewhat recent news. Uh, So he's currently serving a five-game suspension for this, which was previously reported as a five-game suspension for uh, missing drug tests. Now that five-game suspension was promptly negotiated down to two games by the NFLPA. But that wasn't good enough. So Collins decided to appeal that. And an arbitrator looked at the case and said, no, no, five games was right. (laughs) And bumped it back up to five. He could have just had a two-game suspension. But now it's back up to five because he just had to appeal it. And then after that, it came up that uh, he has attempted to bribe the NFL's test collector. So he reportedly missed seven drug tests, which uh, contributed to the NFL's decision to suspend him in the first place. And Schefter, Adam Schefter, reported that Collins had been using marijuana, which I don't understand why he's dodging drug tests and trying to bribe people for using marijuana, because you're allowed to do that now. Either he didn't get that memo <laughs> or it, it might depend on the state you're in too, right? Like I know the NFL can't do anything like really charge you, I think in the rules, but they can also, he can get in trouble with uh, the state of Texas. Yeah. There's not a lot of the Americans that have actually opened up to the marijuana. Mm-hmm. Some States have, but some have not. Oh, would the NFL actually provide a drug test to like, the government of Texas. Oh no, for sure they wouldn't. They wouldn't. I don't think they would rat on them. But yeah. I think that's what he's. He was. He. Had, it said something to do with the state of Texas, and they don't. Marijuana is not, is still legal there. Yeah. Anyway, this guy seems like he's a fucking goof, and he needs to get his fucking life in order. <laughs> well, he's not going to be on the game tomorrow night, so hopefully yep. that hurts the Cowboys and the Eagles. Get the victory, and then he can climb down with me and Peter at one and or Josh's lock at one and yeah. two. <laughs> Come down to the losing record. <laughs> That's right. I mean, there's, there's. I'd like. I'd like to be able to chirp them on a game that we've already watched and a game that we haven't watched, and then we have to do it on next Sunday's episode. So anyway, if the NFLPA. Negotiates your suspension down to two games, and you bribed the drug test collector. Just take the two games and let this die. But no, that's not good enough for this guy. 
Yeah, I do appeal. Got this five games. And the fucking bribe appeared on mainstream media. You probably didn't offer the guys like, enough. That's all. Maybe. A cool $100 bill wasn't enough. He needed a fucking Gino. duffel bag. He needed a duffel bag. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he needed a duffel bag of cash to say, okay, I got your back, bro. Anyway, that's my penalty box. Let's get into today's scores. So just the one challenge today. Me and Kev both lost a point. Yeah, because we didn't know how to fucking read. Yeah, because Josh <laughs> very kindly put in the show notes that this happened on Monday. Nothing happened Tuesday. And the retaliation was on Wednesday. But neither me nor Kev decided to read that. So there we are. So we're both minus one. It's like you guys didn't do the research on MLB. <laughs> It's almost like that's the case, isn't it? <laughs> so that brings our season total somehow. Just you still at fucking plus eleven. That's no good. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Of course it does. I'm uh, barely half that at plus six. Josh is uh, dwelling down in the bottom. At minus seven. No, he's not at the bottom, Brad. <laughs> but, but, but far below that in the sub-basement <laughs> is Kev at minus 13. Yeah, oh, good number. Oh, buddy. Love it. Well, hopefully I can stay the fuck there. 13 is my fave. There you go. You might actually have to start winning some challenges here. Hells no. What the just, fuck, man? Just, <laughs> just to maintain the minus 13. <laughs> <laughs> get into it a little bit. Uh, Kev, how was your drink? Yeah. No, it was pretty tasteful. I mean, took some time to go through because it looks like a fucking champagne bottle. But my uh, a trape, Trappist triple was awesome. It was pretty good. I'd actually do it again. But it, only if I was drinking this, not others prior to this with that 8%. Yeah. Well, I got to say, you cracked me up a few times, just the way you were drinking it. You looked like you were on a commercial. Turning to the side into the camera, drinking from your gigantic bottle of beer. It was was good. It was a sight to see. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did enjoy that. It was actually pretty good. I mean, the first couple of sips needed to go down, you know, awkwardly. But after that, you know, it was smooth going. Pedro. That was yours, sir. Yeah, the rush was good. Uh, the Canadian Golden Ale from Henderson Brewing. I didn't exactly bring the heat at uh, 5.5%, but I thought it was, uh, it was at least in contention. You never know. But, uh, Kev, you put me right in my place with an 8% fucking gigantic bottle of beer. So kudos to you. But the rush was good. It was good. So, Jesse... How was your, uh, what is it, a goblin or something? Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. <laughs> it was actually really good. It was not as potent, but had a lot of flavor, which is what I really go for now. I don't need to win the percentage of alcohol because I'm already winning the points and penalties. So. Don't lie to us. We all know <laughs> that you buy the fucking beer in your house. <laughs> that, that, you're definitely right that, that is the case at this one 
what won't get him hammered? What won't he say that's <laughs> not not right? But uh, I liked it. I, I like going across the pond. This is from the UK. Yeah, small 4.5 at uh, Witchwood Brewery. Got a cool can, though. Little gob on the front with an axe. Anyways, for everyone here at Points of Penalties, thank you for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week, stay out of the penalty box. box.